We're back with uh, Pimpbot 5000. <laughs> I don't know what is going on. Rich, did you actually record any of the hoes? Yes. Okay. Great. Too many. <laughs> Too many hoes, please. But then you hit record and you're out the door anyway. Our whole relationship is a CD skipping away. Crush on away. The so far mm. went back to uh philadelphia for uh on friday afternoon that was a fun philly day. yeah <laughs> that bit also i've heard <laughs> i've heard rich that you can take the boy out of philadelphia but you cannot take the philadelphia out of the boy is that true you've been reading my twitter yes <laughs> i read that on the internet mm-hmm. is, is that due to the cheesesteaks <laughs> That that's that probably doesn't help. Yeah, <laughs> I never get to eat cheesesteaks. Well, if you're ever in Philadelphia, uh, just do do yourself a favor. Don't go to any of these three places. Do not go to Pat's. Do not go to Geno's, and do not go to Jim's. Mm, I have to capture that. Aren't, aren't uh, Pat, those like the the famous ones, or at least Pat and Gino? Yes. Just because they're famous doesn't mean they're good. Oh yeah. Oh no, I wasn't saying like. What do you know? I've heard of those places. Therefore, they must be the best ever. Just like like Starbucks and and McDonald's. Yeah, a lot of people seem to recommend Jim's, but the problem is that Jim's Steaks is on South Street, and so most people when they go to Jim's are drunk. Mm. Mm. And that is not a state in which you can verify quality food. Anyway. <laughs> I like that like the two non-drinkers are just like, oh, I suppose that is true. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> I can't confirm or deny that, actually. <laughs> We're square. That's <laughs> uh, all right. You're forgiven. Mm. It's October. Yep. Feels good. I like it. Yeah, October's always been my favorite month. I like October, except that it's it and January are usually like my worst months for uh, allergies and other general sicknesses. So hmm. yeah, that'll I'm, happen. Yeah, so I'm I'm probably you know gonna kind of be all like I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are certain episodes uh, um, during this month where I'm just sort of like, uh, yeah, it was it was a fucking record. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Well, in order to get to sleep last night, I had to pop some Benadryl. Mm. Mm. Because, you know, it's the, the industrial strength, my allergies are, are killing me. So, at least it was to go to sleep. Because, honestly, cause if I take Benadryl during the day, it kills me. Mm-hmm. I slept like a baby last night. Well, so did I. The windows I were open. <laughs> thanks to your drug-induced coma. Yes. <laughs> I'm using that uh, app that Merlin talked about on the last uh, couple of Back to Works. Uh, and according cycle, to yes. the yes, according to the sleep cycle, sleep cycle. According to the app, I was I slept from 10 p.m. to 7:30 this morning, which is unheard of, and my sleep quality was 93. Okay, you're kind of breaking up there. I don't know if that's me or you. I don't know. I heard it. I heard it too, actually. Hmm. It's like 9:32. You said it was your sleep quality. 93. percent Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty good. 
<clears throat> so we're not here to talk about sleep or cheesesteaks. I guess we're here to talk about music, right? We're Maybe you are. <laughs> I mean, we listen to these albums. It'd be kind of a waste. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. I don't know. I'm still thinking the idea of like putting cheesesteak to bed, all like you know, tucking them in all nice and like singing them a lullaby and maybe rocking them back and forth a little bit. A waste of a perfectly good cheesesteak. Yeah. <laughs> they are for eating, not for sleeping with. Nope. <laughs> I wasn't well, gonna they're... say to sleep with. Them. I mean, they're 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 you know freshly made. I mean, that's like the equivalent of like a baby. I mean, you know, you're not you're not like <laughs> some sort of like weird ass like steak pervert. <laughs> they're kind of greasy. You're gonna ruin your bed sheets. Oh, that is a good point. Well, not if you have rubber fun. sheets, though. If you're like, like into into freaky shit, like cheese okay. sticks, or a bait, or like a, a toddler who wets the bed a lot. Hmm. So Stereo Lab. Uh, Stereo Lab. Yeah, I really want to talk about that. Okay. Well, this week I chose Stereo Lab, as as if you couldn't quite figure out from the whole Stereo Lab. I want to talk about Stereo Lab intro. Uh, the album I chose was Sound Dust, which I believe is the uh, first one without Mary Hansen, who uh, tragically died in a uh, bicycle accident. Oh. So, and she was like really, really young. I want to say she was like 32 or something. Hmm. So it was very, very sad. But, um, so I guess aside from the sadness, though, the record is really good. Um, it's actually probably not my favorite um, Stereo Lab record, but I think it is kind of an overlooked one. Um, so I figured I would, uh, share that with y'all. Um, uh, my pick of the tracks is, uh, the song Nothing to Do With Me, which I will talk about a little bit after this. thing with the lyrics to that one is that they are uh taken from my one of my favorite comedian satira uh, satirists um the brilliant chris morris the mind behind uh the day-to-day brass eye and jam uh blue jam and jam the radio and tv versions of the same project um and jam is where these uh are taken the various lines are taken from and you have you know the things like you know did did you prescribe my daughter a pound of heroin i'm sorry i can't see i seem to have blinded myself and it's not a spot it's a baby you're not a doctor you're a wanker <laughs> um I, I know that um tisha statler's accent can be a little hard to understand sometimes um if you're not if you're not used to it so i don't know if maybe you know because it took me a while to like kind of catch all of the lines in that song and well a lot of their other songs too but um yeah, I I really like Stereo Lab, um, and it's really funny because I've seen them live, and they rock surprisingly hard for some, for a band that's so mellow on record. Like they actually like uh, kick out the jams, motherfuckers. So, and sadly, they're on hiatus and or broken up, and sometimes that's six and one half dozen the other. But um, Letitia Statler, or Sattler, the uh, lead singer, has uh, just released her second solo album which is really, really good and pretty much in that whole stereo lab kind of thing. Um, and along with her other projects like uh, Monade, which is also very stereo lab in nature 
and um, I think there's another one, but I don't remember what it is. So, but they're they're all. If you like Stereo Lab, you'll like these because they're basically Stereo Lab. Oh, it's interesting because the first thing that Stereo Lab actually reminded me of is Air. Uh, ah, I can see I, that. Yeah. So this was kind of right up my alley. Um, in fact, the uh, song. Um, why am I so blanking on the title that of the of the hook? Oh, I'm so bad at this. Oh, nothing to do with me. nothing, to, nothing do with to do with me. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of Air's. Um, I want to say. Why am I drawing a blank on this too? Oh God, I suck. <laughs> I'm uh, checking right so now. It's the... Something off of uh, Moon Safari. Um, not Moon Safari. Yeah, Moon Safari. And remind, remind me a lot of All I Need from off of Moon Safari. Ah, okay. track. Yeah. Yeah, for a minute I thought you were going to say the um, some of the stuff from the Lost in Translation score because there's kind of some of that, that kind of. Well, they didn't hmm? do the score. They were just they just had one song on the soundtrack to Lost in Translation. Really, I thought they did the score like on uh, Virgin Suicides. Maybe that's what uh, I'm thinking. Yeah, Virgin Suicides. Yeah, which I actually fine. I'm not a, a big fan of that album. Mm. I like yeah, Playground Lost, a lot. Yeah, yeah Lost in Translation was uh, done by uh, hmm, Yellow Generation. So. Oh, okay. Or Brian Retzel and Roger Manning or something. Yeah. Oh, um, Rod, uh, Roger Manning. Um, I've interviewed him actually. He's a really cool guy. He's like one half of the Mo Cookbook as well as being basically like one half of Jellyfish. Okay. Uh, um, done a lot of really cool stuff. Does a lot of like really cool synth stuff and also a lot of really cool power pop stuff. Um, and he's also actually toured with Air. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I know Air, Air was definitely on the soundtrack. So. Yeah, yeah. Lost in Kyoto, great track. Yes, um, that's probably the one that I'm thinking of. Actually, Lost in Kyoto. Yeah. But anyway, so I wasn't. I'm very familiar with Air, so the French accent didn't completely throw me. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely have to check more out. Check out more of these. More of these guys. They've been one of those bands that I keep getting recommended by people. Um, yeah, I think so, uh, Emperor Tomato Ketchup is probably the the most the most hit the the hit album. And there's a lot of really cool stuff on that. And you, and also, if you pick up the, um, there's this uh, three rec or three CD set, and it comes with a DVD uh, called um, Ocelons from the Anti Sun, and that's a EP compilation, both A and B sides. Hmm. So um, you know, you get a lot of the singles, and then some of the cool B sides, um, stuff like uh, Le Yapri Sound, um, the Sound of Carpet. Um, Jenny on Violin, which is an amazing song. Um, yeah, there's like, yeah, I, I, I you, honestly, you probably can't go wrong with too much of any Stereo Lab records, but um, you know, those are probably where I'd, I'd recommend going next. Okay, I'll definitely do that. Definitely do that. So, how about you, Andrew? I liked it as well. Um, I'm having trouble. I was trying to think while you guys were talking about why, but I can't really. Uh, articulated i just like the uh i like the music and you know it sounded really good i like there were flutes in the beginning somewhere i don't know if it was somewhere in space moth or if it was in the the intro track but i really love a good flute so um so that was cool and then i have a thing for female vocalists so um i don't know the combination of of the music and the vocals just kind of hit home with me so i enjoyed it uh quite a bit and i will be listening uh again cool and i and i extend this Recommendation to Rich about the, the records to get next if yes. you are so inclined. Mm. <clears throat> and and same to all of your listeners, except for you. You know who you are. <laughs> yes, you don't you. deserve you don't des- you don't deserve Stereo Lab. 
<laughs> you know what you did. Yes. And if you if you if you like Stereo Lab and you want to check out Air, I have to recommend um, the album uh, Moon Safari and Talkie Walkie. I think are both they're my favorite albums by Air. By Air. Yeah, I think mine too, and especially too with um, Moon Safari. There's like a uh, big old two CD, one DVD version too. So it's yeah, got I a lot gotta of... get that. I only have the original release here. Ah, yeah, the second CD is all like demos and remixes and stuff, and then the yeah. DVD is kind of a boring documentary that I don't. You don't really need, but the rest of it's. But I want the bonus tracks, and exactly. Also, also the uh, compilation of like their early stuff, Premier Symptoms, is very good. Which one? In fact, uh, the uh, the uh, collection of all their like early singles, Premier Symptoms. Oh, I don't think I have that one. I need to pick that up. I'll hook you up. Cool. That's the one with yeah. That's the one with like the big like just says like air uh, in like almost like a Chicago kind of font, doesn't it? On the yeah. cover. In like circles, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I. I think I've seen that in stores and didn't really know what it was. Yeah, well, it's it's worth getting, um, especially for uh, well, actually, for for the whole thing. I'm mean, looking <laughs> okay. at an iTunes and I've only got one. Everything is five stars except for one track, and even that really should be four and a half stars. Mm. But yeah, Donkey Walkie, everything on there is amazing. Moon Safari, of course. I mean, you need to get Moon Safari just so you can have Sexy Boy. Well, and uh, Kelly Watch the Stars. That's my... Oh, oh, oh shit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that is, like, kind of my go-to track from Air, is Kelly Watch the Stars. And speaking of um, Roger Manning, the Mo Cookbook did a really kick-ass remix of that song. Oh, sweet. And that is also on the expanded Moon Safari. By now, a record store of your choice. Yes. <laughs> or maybe it's... Or on iTunes, if it's on iTunes. It probably is. There we go. Um, I guess... Uh... I'll take the next one if that's if that's cool. Hit it. All right. My my pick this week is something very very different. Something that might have surprised the both of you. It's the album All Hell by Dawn D A U G H N Gibson. Who I keep I thinking of Gibson Dawn? <laughs> well, well, Matt thought it was a, a more obscure country artist named Don Gibson, but he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll I'll talk a little bit more about my Don Gibson when it when it comes time for me to yabber. And this was this album was recommended by a good friend of mine uh, from college days, and he says it's basically the album of the year. I'm not sure I agree with that statement, but I definitely think this is an amazing record. Um, it's from the Philadelphia area, and well, let's just hear uh, a little bit of uh, one of the songs on it right now. Uh, soundtrack and for some kind of uh, art house film in a good way just really dark really the guy's got an incredible voice too and you know as soon as i heard it i just said if i i heard this two weeks ago but i'd already had my pick for the episode lined up so i didn't want to change it so you had to put up with neil young last week now you have to now now you get don gibson this week and i think you'll like it. i think this is amazing so what do you guys think i agree i enjoyed it uh, quite a bit the vocals in particular reminded me of part bottom of mansions like on like a slower song and uh like on walk your way or something like that and then uh also a little bit morphine uh mark sandman 
just in the and you know in the baritone quality of the vocals. But I like it uh, a lot, and I think this is one of those records that I uh, listen to just at the right time and the and the right place because it kind of feels like a fall sort of record where you can where there's the smell of wood in the air and and everything. So it uh, I approve. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, I guess for me, I, I, I enjoyed it too. Although it was like kind of funny because like um, basically like as Rich kind of mentioned at the end of last week's show after we'd uh, stopped recording, he was kind of mentioning his picks and he goes like, oh yeah, I'm totally going to pick Don Gibson. And I was like, Don Gibson, the country guy? And he goes, well, yeah, yeah. And because, you know, I mean, this album skews a little on the on the Americana kind of side, but I, I didn't know that at the time and i'm thinking to myself well so the guy who did see of heartbreak i mean that's kind of you know don gibson's big single i mean like he had a lot of them of course but i mean that's probably the one that still gets airplay and stuff and it's a really great really great country song um but yeah i mean i'm just like really really confused because like pretty much like everything i know about rich and his tastes doesn't really seem to imply that he would you know not only know don gibson you know, because at this point, it's pretty much just like, you know, a classic country nerd like me, you know, but not only know Don Gibson, but pick him. And and then so I ended up going like, really, really? And I sent him the, the Wikipedia link to Don Gibson. He goes, oh, that's the problem. This is D-O-N Gibson. I'm talking about D-A-U-G-H-N Gibson. So so that that's what, what happened there. But um, basically, I know that if he gets like, I don't know, if next week's pick is like, say, I don't know you know, Webb Pierce, W-E-B-B-B-E Pierce, or uh, George Jones, uh, J-O-R-J, I'll, I'll know that he's just fucking with me. <laughs> so Char- Charles Dickens with anyway, um, and a silent cue. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, about the actual D-A-U-G-H-N Gibson. Um, actually, the thing is, is like, too, is with that country guy intro, I was surprised that it wasn't nearly as country as I was expecting. Or alt country, you know. Um, I actually, you know, there's a lot of um, kind of, you know, synthy soundscapey kind of things going on, and I actually really got kind of a uh, magnetic fields kind of vibe, especially on the vocal. Like he sings quite a bit, like uh, Stephen Merritt, I think. Um, but yeah, but I was like really good. Uh, Tiffany Lou is probably like my favorite track as well as the hook that Rich chose. Um, but yeah, I, I, I in general dug it. Yeah, so so far so good. Um, yeah, I figured this would be more up your alley, but I um I I I just I, I this is one of those things where I just I knew it would go over well with with both of you, mm-hmm. which is which is, which you can never be too sure of. I I can normally peg Matt's taste because we're almost carbon copies of each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> though I, I have made a few misfires. <clears throat> your body, um, <laughs> fetus. <laughs> yeah, fetus. <laughs> well, I think I like fetus better than you like need new body. That's true. I, I think you didn't think that uh, Thurwell was wasting everybody's time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember need new body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was rough. Sorry, guys. It's all right. <laughs> oh, I think we've all had those kind of picks of the, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. I like looking back on 99. Which is a song on the Don Gibson record. Oh, oh, I, I got confused and I was all like, wait, what? <laughs> what is happening? I don't remember that pick. <laughs> I thought that was one of our episodes. Like, wasn't that the Guilty Pleasures one? No, no. Oh, yeah. No, wait, no. 
I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> We're devolving as we speak. <laughs> It's it's been a it's been a it's been kind of a rough weekend too. So I, tonight was the first night. Last night was the first decent night night's sleep I've had in a while. So <laughs> yeah, are you back in New York now, or are you still in Philly? No, I'm back in New York. Okay, that's what I thought. But New York City. Yep. So all that. I guess we're uh, we can move on to uh, to your pick, Andrew. I suppose we can. So uh, my pick this week is an album by Andrew Bird called Armchair Apocrypha. And this is a record that I had heard many great things about for quite a while and was never able to really access it myself. And then it was only recently, earlier this year, probably over the summertime actually, that I think, I don't even remember why I put it on, but I just happened to put it on and it finally uh, stuck with me. So the track that I picked is the second track, and that track is called Immatosis, and we will play that for the folks. Had only good intentions, put his bones and burners all away. And turn into a playground, capture dish, with single cells would swing the fist at anything that looks like easy prayers. Nature show that rages every day. You know, this is my pick, and I'm having a hard time articulating why I like this one as well. But I think it's just a very sort of beautifully beautiful sounding record, and it is kind of Matt, like you said, soundscapey in the last bit there. And I think that's kind of a good description of it because it has this sort of ethereal, sort of esoteric quality to it uh, that I really enjoy. And at the same time, I think that's why I had a hard time accessing it in the beginning. Um, but yeah, it just took me, this is one of those records that took me repeated listens to really get into. And as for Immatosis, I just really love the the lyrics of it and the sort of uh, the rhythm of it and the groove. And I don't know, I, I can't really describe this one at all just because it's so good. And sometimes that's all that you can really say. Um, so why don't you guys uh, give me something to respond to? I'll let you go first, Matt. Okay. Um, I, I really like it. I, I actually, this is one of the records I actually had already. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've got a f- um, two or three of Andrew Bird's albums because I, I think he's pretty cool. So, yeah. So, there you go. That was that was all like, yay, freebie. <laughs> uh, We're all freebies, let's be honest. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think he's just a, an amazing songwriter. Um, he's done some really good ones with... Um, on the new um, Kelly Hogan album, including, uh, I'm pretty sure he's the one who wrote uh, We Can't Have Nice Things, which I think is the single, and it's just an amazing song anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, uh, basically, the Andrew Bird albums are all very, you know, well-written, well-performed, well-produced, mm-hmm. just really great, you know, slabs of, you know, this kind of, I, I, I kind of a, uh, I, I almost want to kind of throw him in like the folk rock vein, but that's not, that, I think that is some a bit of a disservice. Yeah. I, I mean, he's definitely, you know, has some of those influences, but he's, you know, doing so much more, but he's also not really like alt country at all, or not really like full on rock or anything. Yeah. He's, he's generally pretty mellow, but you know, very, I don't know. I, I, he like he does have that kind of nebulous blue 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 kind of quality that you just 
end up jabbering about. Yeah. And not making a whole heck of a lot of sense. Mm. Wikipedia has him under Baroque pop. Okay, that's a, that's a fair enough cop. I mean, I, I usually think of stuff like Bell and Sebastian more when I think of Baroque yeah. pop, but I, I guess he kind of kind of sort of fits in there. I mean, is I guess basically as as well as he fits under anything really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was actually kind of. I think I'm gonna have to uh, give this another listen because I'm when I listened to it the first time, I got a chance to really give it one play, and I listened to Emetosis before the show, mm-hmm. and it's just it's. Well recorded, it's well performed, very well performed. The guy has he's a he has a a very a, a great voice, but it's also the way he sings. It sounds like uh, at least several other singers I've heard before. I don't know why that is. I can't name anyone off the top of my head. Mm. Matt, do you want to throw a couple names out at me? Because uh, uh, not not really. I don't. I don't. I don't really know where you're, where you're going. I mean, I okay. I mean, he doesn't sound weird, but I mean, I don't no, know. No, it doesn't it's sound like... weird, but he def- it's just, there's something about his voice that made me think, oh, I've heard something recently that sounded almost exactly like this guy. Huh, yeah, I don't I don't really get that vibe from him, but I mean, he has like a very kind of voice. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's got a very it. kind of classical, a classically good pop singer voice, you know, if that makes yeah, that, sense. Yeah, that's probably it, just... And so the whole thing, I'm, I'm going to, like I said, I probably have to go back to it because I think I'm having the same reaction you did when you heard it the first time, Andrew. Mm-hmm. That's just, uh, Mr. Bird's just, he's good, but there's just, it feels like something's missing. It feels like something's missing, and it might be on me. I to, think to that, fill it in. yeah, I think you really need to do, this is one of those records that you really need to give it an active listen. Because I think if you put, it would be very easy to just put this on and kind of let it go in the background because it is so mellow. Uh-huh. And I think that if you don't give it your full attention, it can just kind of go in one ear and out the other. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's got an owl on the cover. Is yeah. that an owl? I think it's an owl. He's yellow. He, he's, he's facing the back, though, too. So yeah, I know. It's um, hard to say. He, I don't know. To me, the head shape looks like an owl. I always think like a parakeet or something like that. Ah. Just because he doesn't, because the head, I guess, is so small, as opposed to owls usually have big heads in my mind. Yeah, I don't know. I guess like I, I think of like a uh, one of the snowy owls or a barn owl. Mm. Here on crush on ornithology. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing there. <laughs> I like the album cover. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. And it should be mentioned that Andrew Berg is not a bird himself. It is a lovely cover. It's not. It's not an artist photo on the cover. So yeah, that would be cool. Was. Yeah, I'll have to go back and actually try it again. By the way, I think question for you, Andrew. I think the bird, what you upload is missing a track because Wikipedia says there's 12 songs and I only have 11. Oh, um, yeah, you're right. I don't know what's up with that. Hmm. Yeah, something called Yoni at the Apocalypse, which I'm missing. Yeah, I don't I mean, have there's that also either. online only bonus tracks, but okay, weird. And apparently, the 11th track is called Sparrows and not O's. Well, that, that, yeah, I saw that too. That was easy enough to fix. <laughs> Strange. Yeah, just just wanted just wanted to ask about that. Well, maybe that song so, will make the record for you. It's possible. I mean, I'll I'll track you down. I'm 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 not saying I don't like it. I'm saying I think I have to go back and and give it another listen or or two. And yeah. There might be a topic in that too, actually, because um, just records that it, you have to really listen and re-listen to get to suddenly under to get it. Um, may I, may I tell a story? No. Okay. Nope. Okay. Um. <laughs> Gonna, it's the there's an album by Perubu. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know how you feel about them. Um, 
but the uh, an album they put out in the late '90s, early 2000s. I'm going to double check exactly when. Called Pennsylvania, and it's uh, it's a really amazing album. But it's it's something that yeah it came out in '98, and I picked it up and brought it home. I bought a used copy, and I think I got about four songs in when I just had to turn it off because it was just so dense. Something I I just it it felt so intense it was so intense so dense that i couldn't really listen to it any further and it took me about seven tries if memory serves to just get this record and listen to it the whole way through without stopping and it's not that i didn't want to but it's, it's not that i didn't like it. it's just like something it just such an intense such a difficult record to find it to get into that it took a lot of work on my part so i don't know if I don't know if that has any, if you, if you folks have had similar experiences with records, but there you go. <laughs> Certainly have. I'm trying to think of an example. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've had that too, too. It's like, uh, I, like, um, uh, if you want, I'll, I'll, I'll go while you, while you get your example. <laughs> Please do. Okay. Okay. I don't want to just cut you off or nothing. Nah. Uh, cause I, I, I do that too much. I think, <laughs> um, like for me, it's like because uh, I'm a big XTC fan. Aha! I'm not telling the Spark story again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a big XTC fan, and when I was kind of first getting into them, I like um, they're like I kind of I, I worked my way from the ends to the middle. Like basically, like I um, got uh, like I think Oranges and Lemons was my first, and at the time, like None Such was the, the most recent XTC record. Um, cause this is when they were on their strength and I, I got like oranges and lemons and loved that. I loved like Skylarking. I loved white music and go to and drums and wires and black sea. But anyway, so I'm kind of working my way to the middle and I, one of the albums that I ended up getting like relatively late was, um, the big express, which is their, uh, 85 record. It was like kind of like the one that was like right before the, uh, Dukes of Stratosphere stuff, which was awesome. Yeah, eighty four. Eighty four. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think twenty five o'clock was eighty five. Now that you mention it. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, though. Um. So I got it, and it's and tell, tell you the truth. I mean, Big Express isn't one of the widely regarded as like the best XTC records or anything. I mean, I I I think people generally like it, but I don't think that it's you know it's one that people are going to necessarily mention a lot. Um. And the first time I kind of I like I bought it and I put it on, I was kind of like. Ugh. <laughs> you know what what the hell happened here and because i i think for me it was like some of the it had some of those like really like early 80s early digital synth sounds and that kind of production and it, it was kind of i don't know like and it was also a little bit on the dissonant side but in a different way than the um like full-on early xdc stuff was and i like i I, basically i liked the singles on it like uh this world over and all you pretty girls um and i don't remember the third single off of it but oh wake up which is an awesome awesome song i can't remember i can't believe i forgot that one (laughs) um and i liked maybe one or two of the other tracks but the rest of it was just sort of like huh and luckily this is the days before you know mp3 really you know so if I wanted to hear those, the, the non-single tracks that I liked, the, you know, couple, I mean, basically I, you know, just go and listen to the full 
album again. And so I would do that. And then eventually more and more, I ended up enjoying it. And I mean, there's some of the songs on there that like I didn't get to begin with. And now I, I really love like, I, I think I thought like, you know, everyday story, a small town, it was kind of like hokey and lame. And now I just like, you know, adore that song uh, to the fact that it was like, kind of like an influence on a short film I made, you know, and um, I mean, I, I still don't really like all of the things on there. Like, um, oh, on the back half of the album, just a second. Um, I got it right here, uh, I think, or not. I just saw the name. There it is. Like, um, like I remember the sun. I I have always kind of been like bleh on, um, but and, and train running low on soul coal has its moments, but it's sort of like that that one I've never really gotten over the kind of the the hokiness of the the central metaphor, which is basically that he's a train who's old instead of a guy that's old, and he wasn't even that old when he recorded this. <laughs> So it was sort of like you kind of, I don't know. Um, but otherwise, I mean, like, I didn't really like, say, um, and this, this, these are from the bonus tracks, like Wash Away and Blue Overall, I thought were just like kind of stupid and, and like corny and whiny. And then I, now I really love Wash Away and Blue Overall. Um, um, like, I think for me, like the ones that kind of kept me going back aside from the singles, like I said, were uh, uh, Shake You Donkey Up. I've always really liked that one, which is kind of, this weird plastic country kind of song. It's like, it's a country song, but it has like these really plasticky synths over it that, and it's, it just sounds weird, but it, it's cool. Um, I think, uh, you're the wish you are. I had, I, I had that one in my head a lot, but that's a terribly catchy song. That one. Oh yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, the first time I listened to it, I was like, you get like this, you know, kind of, you know, really, you know, kick-ass opener of like wake up and then all you pretty girls and then shake your donkey up even though i really like it it uh, it's definitely not a single quality song and then like steagle's screaming kisser kisser is another one that now i adore but at the time i was sort of like what's the deal with the kind of like quacking synthesizer you know because <laughs> it has that very really, like which could either be that synthesizer or uh, the penguin from the old Batman show. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, that sound actually never really bugged me, but I can see how it would. Yeah, like, and it, like I say, now it doesn't. Now I, I really like it. I love that song. Um, and there's actually a Japanese band called that now, which is kind of interesting. They named themselves after that track. So, um, But at the time, I was just sort of like, this is the song that everyone keeps talking about is awesome, you know? <laughs> and, and and also, too, is, I mean, like, all of the singles are on the first side of the record. So the back half, like, I was completely going in blind to, and it was just sort of, which normally is not a is not a bad thing, but, I mean, I just was sort of like, okay, I don't know any of these songs. No one ever really mentions them, and they have that really weird plastic synthy sound. Um, okay, what the hell, XTC? And, but like I said, now I, 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 you know, through repeated listens, I got it. And I, I actually really like this album now. It's, um, still can't say the same for Mummer. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, I'm, that, thanks to, I'm gonna actually have to go back and check out Big Express again because that is one of those albums that it has a couple really good songs, but I just I can't get into it as an album. I will say this though, I, I came across the LP of it in a used record store once, and I do like the fact that the actual LP cover is just the uh, that wheel. Yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, I've never seen uh, anyone press a record in a sell a record in a, in a round sleeve before. So yeah. Yeah, I'd like to get. I'd like to just get a copy of the LP just to have it, just for the, uh, just for the packaging. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they like later pressings were in a standard square sleeve, like that looked kind of like the CD version, you know. But mm-hmm. but that that's lame. Like the the round round sleeve is where it's at. Yeah, yeah. The only uh, LP of uh, XTC I have in my collection is an original uh, um, original pressing of Skylarking before they uh, shuffled the track order and put Dear God on it. Ah, uh, yeah, I've got I've got two copies of Skylarking on LP. Like uh, both of them are the Geffen versions, the US versions. But one of them is, uh, you know, pre Dear God. One of them is post Dear God. So, yeah. And t- tell you the truth, and I, I think this is almost kind of heresy, but like of the two, I actually prefer the Dear God lineup better than the Mermaid Smile lineup. I think Dear God actually fits better in the in the lineup. Uh, I like the um, the lineup as it is on the current uh, pressing of it, where they actually put... Oh, wait, where they've got both into, tracks? Yeah, they got both tracks, and they put Dear God actually in the album, not just tacked on at the end. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that, that's the that's the one that I'm talking about, or the the version that I have. Um, I think the Canadian version just tacked Dear God on at the end, but the American version uh, has it flow into um, from uh, Man Who Sailed Around His Soul into, um, into Dear God into Dying. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that I yeah, think that, that's that, what I have. Yeah, and that, that segue really, really, really works. I, and so, yeah, so I mean, I think I think the ideal version is indeed the one that has both tracks in the album. But of, of the two, I guess, like, original versions, the uh, UK and the US version, because the, the UK version never had Dear God at all. They were like, like, XTC was like, no, fuck you guys, this is the album that we recorded. And Geffen was all like, yeah, no, we're gonna, we're gonna make you sell records by putting the hit on there. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if mine's a UK or American pressing. I gotta just go back and look. Oh uh, yeah, it's in it's in a storage shed. Yeah, <laughs> with my original Venice and Peril pressing of Thomas Dolby's The Golden Age of Wireless. Oh, awesome! Can't believe I found that. Yeah. Anyway, Andrew, I hope we gave you enough time. <laughs> no, I was trying to come up with a good example while you guys were talking, and I still can't really find a a really good one, even though I know that I've experienced this plenty of times. But so many of my favorite bands have taken me. A long time to really get into and kind of the old standby example is Umphreys McGee, which you guys have listened to on the show. Mm-hmm. And I think I told you guys probably during that episode that everybody in the the online musical community that I uh, run in were all about Umphreys McGee and all oh, they're so great. They're the greatest band out there right now and so on and so forth. And I tried multiple times and it just would not land with me. And I had uh, Anchor Drops. Excuse me. Um, I had their album Anchor Drops for a long time and I would try to listen to it and then it it just didn't grab me even though I could tell that it the musicianship was good but there, it didn't seem like there was a real hook in there um, for me to really latch on to and it wasn't until I saw them live uh, at the Echo Project in Georgia in 2007 um, that I started to finally get it and even then I um, we caught like part of their set I think and uh Still, even after that, it took me because I only knew the couple of song, a couple of songs, you know, off of that album, and 
after I saw them live, I started to kind of get into it, but there was still like the huge learning curve that I had to really get past before I could um, fully appreciate the awesomeness of Umphreys. And I think that even now what I'm going through is um, with The Who, uh, which we listened to uh, live at Leeds during the um, the live album episode. And I've never been a huge Who fan. Um, there are plenty of more sort of classic rock bands that I would much rather listen to. But it wasn't until, you know, I like Pinball Wizard, but that's kind of about it. Um, and Boris the Spider. But Boris the Spider. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't until uh, my band just decided that we wanted to cover uh, Won't Get Fooled Again. And uh, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And it wasn't until I started to learn that song and to learn the bass line. And there's, a, there's an isolated bass YouTube video from The Kids Are All Right of just Entwistle's bass uh, for that performance. And it's just incredible. And it just totally blew the doors open for me. And I'm, I still wouldn't consider myself a huge who fan, but I have a newfound appreciation of them. And, uh, they sort of just you, as time goes on, I think. And when you're at different periods in your life, your, your ear, like kind of literally changes the way you hear things and things can have an effect on you when they otherwise would have landed on deaf ears uh, or fallen on deaf ears, I suppose. So I don't know, like, it's weird how your tastes in your ear, you know, changes. I mean, it's just like, you know, growing up, I hated, you know, broccoli and most vegetables. And now I'm a huge fan of vegetables. So it's funny how that works. So you're saying that you got to eat down your vegetables. You got to chomp down your vegetables. Yes, exactly. So um, be sure to uh, write in the name of your favorite vegetable. Call any vegetable, and the chances are good that the vegetable will respond to you. Yep, that might, I should I, I should probably pick a Zappa album for this show one of these days. Oh yeah, I think you should do that too because that that means that I won't have to you know be exposed to new music. <laughs> Lala, do you have uh, there's some Zappa bootlegs that you, I have that you might not have? Oh okay, fair enough. Because yeah, I've got all the real albums, including some of the weirder real albums mm-hmm. that like the ZFT put out. By the way, speaking of the ZFT, have you heard the uh, uh, re- the release of uh, Bat Chain Poor? No, I still no, I haven't gotten around to that. It's awesome. I mean, it's like cause, I mean, you had like you know Shiny Beast, and I mean, I think some of the same stuff even like surfaced on that. But but yeah, it's it's a uh, it's definitely worth the checking out. Yeah, I I, I, me- I meant to go da- get get a hold of that, and I forgot to. Ah, yeah, totally, totally get it. Next time you do an order from like ZFT or something. Uh, I don't order from the ZFT because Gail and I have problems. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, 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 I do just because it's sometimes it's, like, the only place to get some of those. But, but yeah, it's, like, and it's kind of weird because, like, the liner notes, like, for, for Batchain Puller, because, like, uh, I mean, basically the, the short story of the album is that back in the 70s, uh, Zappa's manager had told uh, Beefheart, who he was also managing, uh, to go and record this album in Zappa Studios and paying for it, but it, but Beefheart didn't know it at the time that um, Zappa and, and said manager were fighting, and so basically it ended up being this sort of weird, like property battle kind of thing. And then, like when Zappa found out, uh, he said, "Well, no, th- these tapes are mine because you did it in my studio on my dime." Da-da-da-da-da. And you know, I think I think they maybe just released Bongo for your ears. I think for whatever reason didn't want to release the album right then, so he ended up 
uh, recording the Shiny Beast Bat Chain Puller album, which had a lot of the same songs on there. And so basically Zappa was like, I can't really release this now because of this. You know, the al- a lot of it's already been released on this other thing. But it's like, it's kind of funny because like the the liner notes make Zappa out to be this like great hero that he didn't sue Beefheart over, you know, re-recording these songs and stuff. And it's like kind of funny because I'm like reading it and I'm going... Honestly, here Zappa comes off as the complete asshole, you know, not not Beefheart, you know, and it's like kind of weird how they're like trying to be like, you know, Beefheart fucked up and you shouldn't have done this, but Zappa out of the kindness of his heart, even though he was well within his legal rights, decided to just let it go because it was his old friend. And I'm like, his old friend would have probably, you know, just given him the fucking tapes, <laughs> you know, but whatever. <laughs> and it looks like... The- did they, they they could have could they have half-assed the cover art for the new Bat Chain Puller release any anymore? Oh yeah, I I was kind of like, what the hell? I mean, luckily there is like a, a pretty good like liner booklet in there, but yeah, I mean it, it just looks like a particularly uninspired bootlegger. Like yeah, Photoshop five minutes, four of those minutes putting making the linkature between the F and the H and the word beef heart. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I mean I have actually a lot of like actual bootlegs of Beefheart that look way more professional and real than you know the official Bat Chain Puller. <laughs> What's your favorite Zappa album? That is a good question. That is a good that question. Is. I only ask because I am only really familiar with Apostrophe, and I have a couple of others, but I'm not nearly as familiar with them as I am with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is an amazing album. Yes, it is. Um, I think I'm gonna have to like. Can I pick? I have to pick three different ones because I have three different. There's so many different like Frank Zappas. Zappa. Yeah. Um, oh, I have Hot Rats too. I'm into Hot Rats. Oh, that's an amazing record as well. Yeah, yeah. That's that's essential. Okay. So well, actually, I'm not gonna pick Hot Rats then because you already have that and you know that's awesome. I do. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna say uh, my three favorite. Um, we're only in it for the money. I have that one. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe's Garage. Which is essential. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, it has, you know, watermelon, watermelon Easter hay, <laughs> which is, it, 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 I want to learn how to play guitar just so I can play watermelon and Easter hay one day. Nice. If that's the only thing I ever play on a guitar, I can die a happy man. Mm-hmm. And I also have to say the yellow shark. Mm. Yeah. For me, I'd probably go with um, absolutely free from the mother's era. Um, I think probably one size fits all from the seventies era and from the 80s i don't know i i'm awfully fond of you are what you is i have that one too yeah you oh, are cool. what you is is great too it's it's sort of like joe's garage too mm-hmm. but yeah i i guess i just want to i like the original a little better yeah and i mean i think it was kind of nice of him to put like a lot of the shitty songs on one particular side like the like i mean conehead is a terrible song oh i i, I like that one Oh God! Why? <laughs> I mean, I don't love it, but I think it's it is what for what it is. It, it's it's wonderfully stupid. Yeah, I don't know. I I just think it's stupid. <laughs> I mean, but, the, I mean the, I, the whole suite from it. Society Pages to Conehead just to all together just amuses me. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, like that suite, like I it's probably the suite that I like the least on the record. But I I can I I like pretty much all like the Society Pages to. Uh, what, Charlie's Enormous Mouth is right before Conehead, I think? Any Downers is right before Conehead. Any Downers, thank you, thank you. Um, from, like, uh, Society Pages to Any Downers are is pretty pretty good. And then, like, Conehead just sort of is, like, 
thinks that <laughs> for me, but uh, yeah, the, the one song I really don't like on uh, your you is is Goblin Girl. Yeah, that, I, I that's it, another it goes, one. It goes on for about two minutes too long. Yeah, I mean that that one, I I think that one's musically more interesting than like Conehead, so I don't mind it as much. But it is a little like, eh. but I I the thing, but I do love Doreen. I mean, Doreen is one of the greatest songs on that record. I think. Oh yeah, and harder than your husband's amusing too, and it's got. It's got Jimmy, Jimmy Carl Black, the Indian of the group. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I love her and your husband too, especially because I mean, it's it's from the the title. I mean, it's you know you're expecting okay, this is going to be like a, a stupid sex jokes song, and the song is actually pretty much played straight. You know, it's be harder than your husband to get along with. You know, yeah. I mean, it's the, the innuendo is intentional. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's but it, it's subverting that, which is which is yeah. always fun. Then of course, yeah, it's not a the, big joke. Yeah, and the, the closing of the everything from the Meek Shell and Hair, well, everything from the uh, title track to the end of the album, with well, maybe the exception of Mud Club, but from the Meek Shell and Hair, nothing especially to the uh, to draft it again. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I like um, Jumbo Go Away. I kind of don't like. I think that one's a little mean for my taste, and it just sort of I don't know. It, it, it I, I'm willing to. I take it in context. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of how you have to take that one. I mean it. It works story-wise, but like as a song on its own, and sometimes Zappa would play it on its own, which is kind of weird. It, it just turns out to be this like kind of ugly fat joke, <laughs> you know. Anyway, Primus uh, did a mean cover of "Dumb All Over," which I just put in the Dropbox for you guys. Oh, awesome! Oh, I've not heard that. I am so over that. All over that. It is delicious. That's why I got that. That's why I um, acquired "You Are What You Is" because I wanted to hear the original. Uh, yeah, I love them all over. Yeah, so good. So what were the other, Rich, you said Joe's Garage, The Yellow Shark, and then We're All In It For The Money, which you already have, mm-hmm. which I already have. And Matt, which ones did you say other than You Are What You Is? Um, Absolutely Free, which is the second Mother's album. Okay. And One Size Fits All, which has um, a lot of amazing stuff on there, like San Bernardino and Sofa, which is gorgeous. Yes, and Absolutely Free also has the infamous um, Brown Shoes Don't Make It. Yes, which is a great song, and it's it's probably the greatest song about like child molestation you'll hear. <laughs> Got it. Well, it's not, <laughs> it's not only about that though, but <laughs> yeah, that's only one section of it. Yeah, but well, the uh, the whole thing is really good. Uh, you know, it's, it's absolutely free. Starts out with the sort of semi cover parody of Louie Louie. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. Bam, bam. <laughs> Where it's all kind of off key and great and plastic yeah. people, yeah. and it 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 really shows off how well the original Mothers could play. Yes, I mean they weren't the most technically adept band, but Zappa really knew how to whip them into shape. Yeah, and also like I think that's is it that one or Uncle B that says that like all of the orchestral sounds on there are actually the Mothers, like through tape tape manipulation. That I'm not sure about. I'm, one, I'm probably um, think, Uncle Meat because there's not a whole lot of orchestra stuff on. Uh, well, actually, yes, there are. Okay. Yeah. Although um, Don Ellis actually plays on um, "Absolutely Free," mm-hmm. and Don Ellis was an amazing jazz uh, uh, um, slidey horn trombonist. <laughs> 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 he 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 played honky things good. <laughs> right. Just. And do yourself a favor. If you get Uncle Meat too, because you need to have King Kong in your collection. But if yes. you do it, delete the if you get the, the CD version of it, uh, and you rip it to uh, your computer, delete the first three songs on disc two. Okay. 
because yeah, those those are widely called penalty tracks instead of bonus tracks. Hmm. Um, it's basically a lot of like twenty minutes of no thirty seven dialogue. Minutes. 37 minutes? Oh, Jesus. No, oh. there's two... Well, there's two Uncle Meat film excerpt tracks that together add up to a little over 40. Oi. And, yeah, and it's just basically the mother's fucking around and and not in a musical way, just sort of jabbering. And, yeah. oh, God. That, that's the one thing with Zappa is that he... Like, I always kind of say that he didn't really have a quality control button. And, I mean, luckily, a lot of the stuff that he did do was really good, but he didn't seem to realize when he was putting shit out too, you know. Is there anything that you'd recommend that people avoid? Um like yeah, at least I, if, I feel, as a, when, when you're starting out. Oh, uh, um tell you the truth, I think a lot of those ones are kind of look avoidable anyway. Like I'm thinking of like uh The Perfect Stranger and um the Francesco Zappa album. Um, I mean, they, they, like, to be honest, like, aside from You Are What You Is, um, I'd kind of stay away from the 80s in general. No love for, uh, Ship Arriving Too Late to Save a Drowning Witch? That, that's a, that's a pretty good one, too. I, I don't know, that one has, like, a few weirder things on there that I don't know if I would necessarily recommend as a neo, for a neophyte. Okay. That, that, that's what I mean, is that, like, Ship Arriving is definitely worth getting, but I, I would get, I would recommend it later. For, for when you're a little bit more accustomed. Because, I mean, especially with some of the um, operatic singing on there, which Zappa didn't really do a whole lot with or of, except for on that record. And then also, um, probably don't even bother with Thingfish, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely skip that one. I mean, I have it, but... You don't yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I Tell you the truth, even when you... Even when slash if you become, like, a huge Zappa fan... Thinkfish is basically a hole filler than an actual, like a collection hole filler than an actual album to seek out. It's, it's like it's just this weird. It's a it's another uh, opera like uh, like George's Garage, except that this one is bad. Yeah, and it's kind of like weirdly cluelessly offensive. I mean, like the the gist of it is that the government invented AIDS to um get rid of the blacks and the gays and what it and a lot of it's a lot of the same songs from say like from about you are what you is up to um like them or us i think give or take and only they're all done in this like kind of like amos and andy kingfish style and it's i, I it's just a mess and it's like one where you just kind of go like yeah, no Zappa. <laughs> one of the one of the first record, Zappa records I got was uh, "Meets the Mothers of Prevention," which worked for me because I'm familiar with audio collage. Yeah. So, but you might not want to start with that one either, Andrew. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like again, again, I would say just stay away from the '80s in, in general as a rule of thumb until until you've gotten enough of the '60s and '70s under your belt to. Uh, you know, to be able to, I guess, get a handle on, you know, the the weirder aspects of Zappa that was, like, basically Zappa getting more self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that necessarily is a bad thing, because, I mean, I think a lot of art is about self-indulgence. But it's one where, like, basically he had enough, like, cultural cachet and money coming in that he could do what he wanted in the first place, which... 
I mean, he always wanted to be a classical composer anyway. It's just that there was no money in it. There was only money in, you know, rock uh, performance and right. rock music. So he would just do the things that he wanted to do in the rock music framework. And once, you know, once, you know, Zappa became known enough and, and had enough stuff under his belt, he would put out more for, you know, avant classical kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. With also the segue, the uh, the intermediate intermediary step of with the electronic music. Yeah, the Sinclair and all. Yeah, I actually do like Jazz from Hell. So yes, Jazz from Hell is a really great record, I think. But save that one. Yes, again, that's not a it's not a starter. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So yeah, keep us informed as you learn because uh, there's a lot of Zappa and there's a there's a lot to digest. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> And you guys let me know what you think of that uh, Primus cover. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, I'm going to get on that right after we're done recording. Which, I guess, well, well, that's probably a full episode right there. With, after we cut out all the technical goofs and, and things, it's <laughs> probably going to be... It's long. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll probably be at least an hour. Yeah, I think we're pretty good. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. So, um, where can we find each other online? I'm at keysneezes.com, K-I-T-T-Y-S-N-E-E-Z-E-S.com. And also Kitty Sneezes on Tumblr and on Twitter and RevMe on Last.fm. AndrewMarvin.net is my website, and you can find me at Andrew Marvin on the internet. Yep, and you're, you're back to blogging now, which is good. Welcome As back. of a couple hours ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I'm at sandspoint.com. I'm sandspoint on Twitter, sandspoint on Last.fm, sandspoint anywhere you probably would think to find me. So, and we're I'm sure first... we should tease next week, do you think? Or... I'm sorry? Do you think we should tease next week? Um, in a little bit. Uh, but first, we're also Crush on Radio on Twitter, crushonradio.com, and you can find us on iTunes. Leave us a review. We love you. Oh, yeah, we, we should make sure that that part gets in, too, huh? Yeah. And next That's kind week... of the important yeah, and I believe next week we'll be joined, i got to just double-check and confirm uh, that she's free, by the amazing comic artist uh, Spike, the brilliant mind behind the comic Templar Arizona. Uh, recently uh, put out a uh, comic called Poor Craft about the living well, li- living well cheaply, and also just recently put out a, an anthology of lady-drawn, lady-written porno comics called Smut Peddler. Mm. Oh, I didn't know she was behind Smut Peddler. Yeah. Cool. Well, she's behind the new Smut Peddler, not the originals. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, she's also a big music fan, and we'll probably be talking. We'll be hopefully talking to her this time next week. So, mm. until then, it's been this has been great. Nice talking to you guys. See you guys later. Bye bye. Bye.